Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Des Bishop Podcast. Right off the bat, we have an amazing episode today. With the ever-amazing John Bishop, one of the biggest comedians in the UK, even in Ireland. He usurped my position as the number one bishop in the Irish comedy scene. Great friend, super funny guy. And today, after we get through some, some updates about comedy coming back to New York and also some pandemic stuff, I turn to John as a, a sage of a long-term relationship, a wisdom provider, advisor, as I begin uh, the new journey towards married life. I, 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 I turn to a, a man who's been through it all, the ups and downs of a relationship, for his somewhat comedic advice. I wasn't really looking for any deep advice. I was looking for some laughs, some relationship humor, some, uh, some getting older humor, and uh, he didn't disappoint. I will say in advance that the connection wasn't great on the Zoom, so the audio's not bad. I mean, it's it's not even distractingly bad, but I, I will point out that it kind of gets a bit a bit phone cally once or twice, a bit like a bad line once or twice. So I apologize for that. Don't think it really affects the conversation. Didn't affect the conversation when we were having it, and I think everything's clear. I also apologize if you hear the sound of panting, heavy breathing. There's nothing dirty going on it's just romeo's witching hour romeo is my my senior pit mix and uh he's not a very active dog he's a very calm dog but you know on average between 3 and 6:30 p.m. every day he gets a little pumped up and he's pumped up right now and he's panting and he seems very happy watching me podcast away but you may hear that the, the breathing of an old man dog in the background, so I apologize for that. Uh, exciting day. I make my, my summer house debut tonight, uh, Bravo's summer house, uh, in a sort of a non-career move debut on reality TV in that I just wanted to see Hannah, who I had gotten quite close to via FaceTime while she was in the house, and I wanted to... Uh, take it to the next level in the house she wanted me to come in and i was happy to go of course now i'm suddenly on like bravo instagram promo and stuff and i was kind of like uh wow i can't believe i did this i talked to john about it on the episode by the way i asked john's opinion because i didn't talk to him i didn't talk to any of my comedic friends about it i just kind of did it on the down low which Kind of shows that subconsciously I was aware of the insanity of it, but uh, but I did it, and it's on tonight. Uh, I'm hoping that Irish people don't know how to watch it, because I'm not really advertising it, but it is in me. The energy of that is in me. If we've gotten some new listeners this week, because you've seen me on, uh, on Summer House, and you have your opinions uh, after, uh, you know, the season... Uh, you know, Hannah's been very involved in everything this season, so now you're coming to me expecting some sort of summer house leakage. You won't get that here. This is a this is a kind of a, a, a drama-free podcast when it comes to that stuff. But uh, if you're looking for some some insight into long-term relationships, then John Bishop will uh, provide you with that. Now, if you're American, you might not be aware of who John Bishop is, but he is literally a superstar on the other side of the Atlantic from the United States. Like absolutely massive arena comedian. Uh, I I don't know how you know. I mean he's a, he's a he's basically a British Kevin Hart. I hope he's not offended by that. So uh, do check that out. Um, you probably will need a little bit of translating for that strong Liverpool accent. Nonetheless, 
We're all very excited to have John on the podcast. I don't think I need to say anything more other than don't forget patreon.com forward slash Des Bishop for the month of April every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning at 8 a.m. New York time. Uh, I chat about whatever the issues of the day are, uh, which is anything from serious political issues like gun control and vaccines to very lighthearted stuff like what happened to Anne Fisa from 90 Day Fiance. It really, uh, it really varies. Uh, so do check in for that. Patreon.com forward slash Des Bishop. It's only a fiver a month and you actually get three shows a week. And uh, it's, a, it's a video. It's a YouTube live via Patreon. And it's good fun. As always, don't forget to leave five star review on iTunes. Uh, leave a comment. You've been great doing that. Thank you so much. Let's, let's jam back up the charts and spread the word that the podcast is pumping. I'll be back at the end of the episode. Here's me and John. You're coming in mid-conversation because actually we kind of started before we started so i actually just played it and you'll even hear me be like okay let's start but actually you're already you're already in it so thanks guys chat to you at the end that's the life that we live how are you i'm good i'm eating chocolate easter chocolate oh my god God. do not chew really close to the mic please because i have that misophonia disease you know the I can't stand the sound of chewing. <laughs> <laughs> You're telling me that's the thing. The, 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 that's the one of the jokes I told on stage last the, over the last couple of nights was, you know, I, I got engaged during the pandemic. I said, it's amazing because I've never been great with intimacy, but I met this woman and it was just, we were just um, really connected. But the minute I put the ring on her finger, I started to hear her chew. <laughs> chewing is like my thing. <laughs> mm. it's that thing I remember doing some stuff about all of a sudden you reach a stage in the relationship where you can hear them breathe oh you used to say that because that, that, is, that is like I, I said, I that. it's the same thing it's like all of a sudden that they that in your way I've got a dog there oh look at that guy you got what is that American bully uh, English Bull Terrier. Oh, English Bull Terrier. Yeah, he's got such a long snout. Yeah, yeah. Good thing. So let, let's go. Are you ready to go? Yeah, yeah, of course I am. You've got to tell me about the gigs. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm dying to tell you about the gigs because, uh, like, it was it was wild. that Like, this weekend, suddenly it was, like, in it, you know? Yeah, man. So, like, on, on Friday, I, I get on stage and I haven't, I got I did one outdoor show in August and that was the only thing that I that I did. So Friday I got on stage. I like essentially hadn't done a show for a year and whatever amount of weeks. And I was fucking freaking out. And how was it? Well, first of all, it was like uh in so the comedy cellar has like four venues, but two of them are normally restaurants, right? And they're using them because there's like more space so they can have the socially distanced crowd. But whatever licensing laws or however the theater works, the two venues that are restaurants normally or bars, you have to perform behind plexiglass. So you're literally in like what looks like a, a phone. It's like a phone booth. So, so, so you're like you're like Donald Trump when he was giving all of his speeches behind the plexiglass. Exactly. But here's the thing, right? So some of the comics, they're, they're, some of the comics have been doing like little warm upy things where there's like because uh, you know restaurants have been allowed to be open in New York City for quite a while again at limited capacity. So in one of these restaurants, if a comedian wanted to get up and grab a mic, they were just letting them get up and grab a mic. But it was not a show. There was no entrance fee, and some comics were just literally getting up in front of diners and like practicing a few bits. So some of them had experienced this plexiglass experience, but. I had not experienced it. So when I got on stage, the lights are on the plexiglass. So whatever way the lights hit the plexiglass, when you get into this box, you're literally looking at yourself. You can't see the audience. The audience are completely blacked uh, out, and all you can see is yourself. It was fucking – it threw me, 100% threw me. What's you – well, yeah, it's like, it's like people <laughs> – What? <laughs> no, I remember uh, – 
I remember doing something once, and I, and I got I, I can't remember what what I said. And this woman heckled me, said I was I was a uh, I was uh, self obsessed and uh, and misogynistic. And I, and I, and, I, and it was such it was such a um, complete such an heckle. accurate description of Jim Bishop. No, <laughs> It was just an odd thing to shout out. You're self-obsessed and misogynistic. That I had to stop. It was the comedy store in Manchester. I had to stop. I said, I said excuse me. I said, what, what do you mean? She said, well, you're just like all male comics. You're just obsessed. That's the difference between the male comics and the female comics. There's a difference between men and women. Is you're obsessed with yourself. You just talk about yourself. And it sort of threw me for a bit. And I said, you're probably right. That's why men... You know, the difference between men and women is that we're prepared to masturbate in front of a mirror. <laughs> I said, we'd only ever do it once, you know, because the truth hits you in the face. The truth is there. So seeing yourself perform in front of plexiglass, that's my only reference point. <laughs> standing there thinking, it's not as good as I thought it looked. <laughs> Yeah, man, it, it it threw me, be- and also because there's like this separation between you and the audience. So I actually did get, I got dry mouth like for the first like three or four minutes of that performance. Can you remember the last time you got like dry mouth from being on stage? Oh, no, man. We need to explain as well for people who are not comics. That's basically where you 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 all the moisture in your mouth goes, and you feel you can't talk. It's horrible, isn't it? Ah, oh, dude, I was nervous. Now, don't get me wrong; I was not doing badly, but I was definitely like having that—not out of body experience. That's too dramatic. But I was having that situation where words were coming out of my mouth, but I was not like a hundred percent on top of what I was saying because yeah. I was so nervous and trying to like you know take stock of the situation. And the funny thing was that in my mind, I did not focus on writing a lot of stuff about COVID and vaccines and stuff because, and I was just thinking that like everyone's going to be coming in with that shit and I just can't be bothered writing a load of jokes that I'm going to be able to use once or twice and then just like let them go. But I had a couple of like funny ideas in my head about uh, the COVID and vaccines and shit. So I, I, I came up with my stock opening, you know, moved to Ireland when I was 14, the joke I've done a million times and like didn't, I got a giggle, but didn't really feel like it connected and I felt really disconnected from the crowd. And then I just talked about one of my casual things about vaccine, you know, competition about which is the best vaccine, you know, just like a joke about that. I got Pfizer's the best vaccine, whatever, you know, we start joking and they were fucking loving that. Like the minute I talked about the pandemic, they were with me. And then I realized that like, even though everyone's going to be joking about the pandemic right now, that's all anybody gives a fuck about. And I honestly, I went off on like, I went off on like a 10 minute fucking improv about the pandemic and getting engaged during the pandemic. And I was shocked at how many laughs I got, but also just like how much it, it just, it kicked in like straight away. And then suddenly by the end of the weekend, I had like a good solid 10 to 15 about the pandemic. And by Saturday night, I did two shows Friday, two shows Saturday. By Saturday night, I kind of forgot that I hadn't performed in a year and a bit. It was just like, it was, it came back pretty quick. Well, I've got to get back to it in September and over there, they have an open venues yet and it's not entirely clear when they're going to do it uh, and w- when I go back I, I, I'm picking up the tour that I was on so I go back into theatres yeah. into a thousand seat theatres because that, that's where I was up to in, in the progression so there's a little bit of thinking Fucking hell. as you say like I haven't done it for so long and I haven't done any of the online games there strange i just didn't want to do it but i love the story that you said for people who don't understand the mentality of comedians that idea that there's restaurants in new york where somebody can get up and talk to people who haven't chose to be spoken to (laughs) i'm feeling your own mind that this is a good thing to do Think they'll love this. I've got a tight five minutes about about hemorrhoids. They'll love it while they're having their dinner. Now, it's can just- I can I just say that all the diners 
we're definitely hoping that that would happen. Just so you know, it, it wasn't like a random restaurant. It was the restaurant connected to the comedy cellar. And the I people know, that were... It's, it's a better <laughs> idea. <laughs> you know, if somebody's out, I don't know, celebrating your nan's 80th or your son's bar mitzvah, and some guy gets up in the corner and starts <laughs> cranking out some joke. But honestly, they, they, New York, I don't know about in the UK what they're doing, but New York, there's been a lot of creative stuff happening with the comedy. There's been outdoor comedy throughout the entire winter on like heated patios and shit. But then also, comedians have been walking into subway cars and just doing bits, you know, but obviously they're filming it for content. But like people have been doing stuff just to keep their head in the game. I did not do that. I was like, I started doing comedy in 1997. I'm taking a year off. I regretted that on Friday night. But by by today, I feel like actually I'm kind of glad that I did. But now I'm also glad to be doing it again because honestly, bro, I know this sounds like dramatic, but I I never understood unemployment and I, I, I didn't experience any of the financial stress of unemployment, but immediately I did feel like I had more worth by Sunday afternoon. Like I was happy to be doing something, honestly. Engage, yeah, I get it. But it's that, I get it. The difficulty is I think with, with comedy, the, for me anyway, with stand-up comedy, that the, there needs to be some um, agreement beforehand that everyone's there for the same thing. Like that idea of walking onto a subway cart and 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 just doing stand-up is the most terrifying thing to me. That's why you never get a busker who is a stand-up. You know, you can get a busker singing a song, but you just don't get a busker. Because if you do, he's a fucking madman ranting <laughs> in the street. Well... <laughs> Dave McSavage. Dave McSavage used to do that, but you are correct. He's a fucking man. <laughs> <laughs> so you got you just got vaccinated, right? Did I see that on your Instagram? Yeah, the first dose. Which one did you get? Uh, I think it was the AstraZeneca. Oh my God, the AstraZeneca! Jesus Christ, that's that's almost like an act of defiance. Fair play to you, man. <laughs> no, you know. It was so funny because um, I turned up, and if anybody watches Downton Abbey, I turned up for it, and uh, and Lord Grantham, the actor Hugh Bonneville, was the was the um, one of the volunteers. <laughs> so it was like he's the volunteer. This is how posh my vaccination centre was. Lord <laughs> Grantham took me to my seat. Now you didn't skip the queue though, right? You you you're you're now eligible for the vaccine. No, I am eligible. I, yeah. I over here in the UK now, so they're doing the over fifties. Uh, and uh, to be fair, Melanie, my wife is six months older than me. She had theirs two weeks before me. They're going chronologically through the through the ages. Oh, that's um, great because that's driving but, Irish people the, crazy. The rollout, the rollout in the UK is fucking irritating because it's. So good. It means that Boris Johnson is getting away with all the other <laughs> shit he's done. I know, and <laughs> it makes Brexit look good. It makes Brexit <laughs> literally now. Boris Johnson is coming and doing press conferences with no trousers on, with his dick swinging, playing with himself. Nobody cares. We've got the vaccine. He got the vaccine right. He can do anything else wrong, which is fucking annoying. Oh, dude, for Irish people, it's it's even more annoying because they're having this awful rollout and then they're looking at the UK doing great. And like we're all everybody's like getting fucked over by Brexit. But the fucking Brexit people now look like they did the right thing. It's 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 very frustrating. Oh, it's very frustrating. And, and the thing is, for, for the Irish people, there is that element of, you know, it's so great for for the Brits to have the Irish blame someone else. <laughs> yeah. You know, okay, 800 years of hate and all the rest of it. And those we had the, the partition this weekend and all, the, all of that stuff, the Irish Free State this weekend, all of that, I get it. But this is the French fault. <laughs> this is <laughs> the fucking Germans, man. The fucking Germans. <laughs> I know. And, and the crazy thing is that. Like I talked to Aiden and like, Aiden's over there on full lockdown and I really feel for Irish people because like there is a sense of 
progress here. There's a sense that we're getting close to the end here. Whereas like in Ireland, it's like we're nearly getting to a place where we're going to have a bit of hope. But right now, it's just hopelessness. It's tough, man. Well, I've been speaking to a lot. I've got Irish friends, as you know, over there and and interests over in Ireland. And 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 it's crazy. I mean, the thing... The thing that I can't get in Ireland, you look at the population. I mean, you know, this is the pop to vaccinate the necessary population in Ireland is probably a weekend in the UK. It's a weekend in in America. It's it's not like you're talking like there's loads of people. No, I know. That's why people are going nuts. And that's why this has been a major fuck up. I mean, listen, there's, there's, nobody's debating that. This has been a major fuck up. You know, I, I, I was very anti-Brexit, and I'm pro-EU. But there is a problem sometimes. Too many cooks spoil the broth. There should have just oh. been there should have been a, a, a something set up that was just like, we're looking after the vaccines, and we're making sure that there's enough for every country, and it's getting done. And unfortunately, they're behind now, and there's no, there's no, there's no way to gloss it over. They fucked up. That, that is what went down. A major fuck up. Oh, massive, massive. In the UK, you know what happened in the UK? They got this woman, uh, Bingham, her name is, I can't remember the first name now, who was basically was a venture capitalist. And she run a venture capitalist fund. And um, her, her husband's one of the cabinet. But they said to her, you know, this needs to be run like a business thing. No, no politics, nothing else involved. Can you do it? So she left. The VC fund for six months to set it up and get it going, and that that that's that's why it's worked. Leaving it to politicians means it's always going to be a mess, isn't it? Yeah, no, it's it's unfortunate. I mean, luckily in the states, you know, whether the rollout would have been as good under Trump is you'll you'll never be able to say. But it looked to me like the you know Biden can't camp came in and just said let's organize this shit let's just make it happen because at the end of the day the vaccine like vaccination brings hope like how did you feel when you got vaccinated because i actually felt a little emotional when i got vaccinated i actually thought like fucking finally this thing is over uh i i well i had mixed feelings because i've got a few friends who are anti-vaxxers and i've been speaking to them about it but i think the science massively stacks up so i was keen for it and then when i got there I had to, I had to lift up my left sleeve, mm-hmm. and then the guy the guy uh, refused to put it in my left arm because I've got a tattoo, and he said I don't want to go through the ink in case the ink gets in your system, and I went well you know how wide is this needle? Get <laughs> 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 a fucking hammer and nail, so so it was a bit like. Kind of lost the joy of it, you know what I mean. So I, I ended up on the right hand side. Oh, uh, yeah, I don't yeah. want. I didn't want it my right because I, I'm a righty. Yeah, yeah, but I was, I was fine. I didn't have any severe because I've had COVID and COVID really knocked me for sick. So I was expecting to feel really rough, but I was, I was fine with it. Absolutely. Yeah, there's no rhyme or reason though. It seems like some people get sick from the vaccine, some people don't. I was fine. Second dose of the Pfizer, I was fine. But it, I did say it felt. What, what were you going to say, John? I was going to say though you're 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 too young for it. You're in your forties, aren't you? No. So in the in the states, uh, the third group that they opened it up to, would you believe, was people with certain comorbidities, impl- including anyone who has had cancer in their life. All right. Okay. So I was like, "Fuck it, man." I. I I fucking gave up that testicle for some reason, and this day has come. Yeah. I'm fucking. I'm getting vaccinated. <laughs> I said, one bollock bishop, just that, go in and go, look, I got one bollock. That's right, man. That's right. And uh, uh, what was really satisfying about it, which I've joked about on this pod before, but I'll just tell you, is like, I got a lot of accusations at the time. Like, why are you getting the vaccine as if I was getting special treatment? So then I was like, I'm a cancer survivor. And I loved watching the fucking shame on their face that they, that they challenged me. Yeah, However, yeah, can, yeah, I, yeah. can I say that even if I wasn't a cancer survivor, I would have been eligible since... Uh, like last Wednesday. So like uh, uh, American eligibility is already open to over 30s and it's about to open up to everybody on April 6th. What's today? Tomorrow. Tomorrow is the beginning of eligibility for everybody over 18. She, my fiance has had to wait until after April 6th to get vaccinated. So we've got to talk about this. You said my fiance, that wasn't a word I ever expected you to say. I know. That's really why, I, I mean, I'm glad we got, we have a bit of crack about the, the light, you know, the the world, but I did really get you on. 
you know, because I, I, I need some advice, you know, and I know that a lot of our joking back and forth is that I'm the, the eternal bachelor and you're like the married guy and we do a lot of comparing and contrasting, but I'm coming over to the other side, John. Well, for a start, you took your time. <laughs> I did a lot of market research. <laughs> a lot of market research. So, so Hannah's got to have something. So, so my first question is, I assume you met in a club or somewhere. Where, where did you meet? Nah, I was following her on Instagram. I, I, I followed her, I guess, because I saw her on somebody else's story. I thought she was like a cute comic, whatever. I, I just followed her for, for the crack. Oh, so you never worked in a club together or nothing like that? Nah, nah. She's only really new at stand-up. I mean, she's really only gotten into stand-up because she kind of, her profile got big from doing this reality show and her podcast got popular. So suddenly clubs were reaching out to her saying, do you want to do a show? Because I'm sure you know that suddenly the podcasters are selling a lot of tickets. So she, when she, she booked a show and then one of her friends was like, I think you should open up by, with, with some stand-up before you actually do like a live podcast. So her first gig was 15 minutes in front of a sold-out crowd of people that came to see her. That was her first show. Wow. That's kind of weird. So oh. she's, she's not really, we weren't, I didn't meet her through the comedy scene. I met her through Instagram and she just happened to be out by, you know, where I was staying. And uh, I just said, do you want to get coffee in, in July? So, so that was July. And you popped a question when last month was it? And I, on Valentine's Day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it wasn't, it wasn't a long time. The, 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 you don't need to do the math. It was, it was, it was just over six months. Yeah. But I come on, I'm 45. I don't have any time to waste here. Mate, mate, listen. You're 45. You, you, I was going to say you've played the field, but really you plowed the field. <laughs> John, <laughs> that's I mean, you left the field in a fucking mess. John, you know what? You're such a self-obsessed misogynist. That's what you are. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so there's an element to that. But you know what it is? This is a very strange thing that we're talking about this today because my, my youngest son has just been home for the weekend and he's just gone back. And he started to date his first serious girl. And he's he's 22 and his girlfriend's a little bit older. And he's saying, you know, we'll see how it goes, but I can see. And, he, and he's starting to talk like this is a serious girlfriend. And... and and on one side, I'm saying, listen, son, you know, you're a little bit too young for all of that. And then as I was about to say, I thought, I met Melanie when I was 21. Wow. 21. So I've known her and she's been in my life now for 33 years. Wow. Third, my God. Yeah. Which is fucking mental. We we got married after five years of knowing each other. So, you know, we, we've been married now for 28, 29 years. So the, it, I don't think it matters how old you are. I think it's just the person. Yeah. And find I mean, the like... right person at the right time. It's wherever you are. You change. Like me and Manny have changed massively over the time. Unfortunately, we, we've still found each other at the end. But... You know, you, you've got to allow a little bit of grace for that to happen. Yeah, I mean, we're still we're still pretty early, but I just got the inclination that this was it, and I I kind of I kind of ran with it, you know. But the thing is that when your youngest son is twenty two and he's telling you like it's getting serious, it's funny how your your feeling is kind of like don't get too serious. But then in a way, look at you now; your kids are grown. Like you've you're, you're you're not just a success in your own right, but you've been a very successful parent, and you guys are a very successful family, and like you're able to be young enough to really just appreciate all that. Whereas I'm going to be in a fucking wheelchair waiting for my child to graduate from high school. True. <laughs> yeah, but it's and you know what it it's it swings and roundabouts. There's no there's no good answer. I suppose really the big question for you is that for a person who played the field, then COVID happened and the field got closed and then you decided to settle down. Is the, is the old Des going to re-emerge well, into the field or is the new Des? 
I, I mean, this is this is a fantastic question, which I, I'm sure has gone through Hannah's mind. The field, <laughs> the the field will stay open for other people, but I'm just not going to be playing the field. You know, yeah. that that's just the way it goes. But obviously, come on, that's a everyone. Like even Hannah and I, we were joking about. Oh, by the way, your voice went out a bit. So what John had said was, you know, will will the field when the field is back open, will Des go back and play the field? But Hannah and I were joking about the fact that we did meet during the pandemic. We moved in together, uh, you know, in October during the pandemic. Our life has been the pandemic. There's been very little pulling us in other directions. And she was trying to write jokes about like, what if it turns out he does this, this, and this, whatever, some rule of three joke about the shit that she didn't know about me that she discovers. But of course, that's a, that's a stress on both of our minds. What will real life do to our relationship? But honestly, because Hannah's very open, she, she grilled me on all that shit early on because she's not, she's not a fucking Egypt. She knew that I must have been out there playing the field for a long time, so... She was very upfront with me about all that, saying, like, don't fucking get serious about this unless, you know, you're ready to settle down. So I, I had all that. Yeah, but, but, but also, also, to be honest, like, like, the hardest thing about a relationship, loads of people have found this. It, like, you can't get real estate now. You can't get a flat or a house because everybody has been locked with people that they find they don't like. <laughs> you got you've had the you basically COVID years should be like dog years. Oh so mate, you've we, lived together. We say you've that lived together. That's true. If you live together for six months in COVID, that's like a five-year relationship. <laughs> it's true, bro. I mean, you know, like we but 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 what I will say is that we moved in together like really when we were still in like the heart of the honeymoon period. So like we didn't move in together after two years. We're used to each other. And then suddenly you're like, you left a fucking toothpaste out. You know, we was, you know, we were still in that like, you know, hormone filled haze of, of love. But I do think that living together during COVID, you're together all the time. It rushes it. You get through the honeymoon period faster, but we have successfully navigated that. I mean, we're literally in each other's hair 24 seven. And you've, ad- and you've adopted a dog. Yeah, we adopted the senior dog, which already, you know, like, of course, like, I finally adopt a dog who's Romeo, like, amazing dog. There was no way I was going to let him die in a shelter, but of course, I adopt him, and then life gets back to normal, and then suddenly it's like, oh, right, so now I got to lug around a 14-year-old dog uh, in and out of the city, but that's, it's, it's all totally fine, you know, it's all... Yeah, but, but the reason I mentioned that is, is you, you have both... And this is some psychologist somewhere to work this out. But you have both uh, emotionally invested in something that's not each other. So you've both said, right, we both are going to love this dog. And it's like it's like, it's like when people have a child and all the rest of it, you're both committed. Because now, if you split up, someone's got to have Romeo. Somebody's got to decide who loves him the most. Oh, my God. Or who loves him the least. God, if our relationship doesn't outlast a 14-year-old dog, that was definitely not meant to be. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's that's good. That's clever thinking, that does. Clever thinking. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. it's it's, it's really... It's really a limited commitment, uh, a senior dog. People are always like, oh, you're so good. You're so, you you got such a good heart. You're adopting a senior dog. And it's like, no, I'm just not ready for like a full commitment, you know? And I, I've lost, I've lost both my parents. And now listen, I'm not wishing this dog to die, but like, I've lost both my parents. People are like, it's going to be sad when he goes. It's like, yeah, I get it. I've been there, done that. You fucking get out of it. <laughs> I'm like, I'm fucking snap my fingers. I get through grief. I'm a fucking grief master. I'm good, you know? But actually he's a great, he's a great dog. You know, Hannah's, grandfather we tried to get him to live with hannah's grandfather but eventually the the grandfather has a full-time aide and it was just a little bit too much to look after the grandfather and the dog so you know safety first they they decided that uh they couldn't look after the dog and i just felt terrible that the dog was back at the shelter because like senior dogs don't get adopted so there was just absolutely no way that i wasn't gonna gonna take this guy but he's in good shape you know so i don't think he's going anywhere for a while Good, good. Well, our, our dog, uh, we got three, and one of ours is fifteen, and uh, and he's still going. 
He's going. He's um he's got a he goes to doggy physio. <laughs> he gets physiotherapy once a week and all of this just to keep him going. But listen, that's some it's a little that's that's some one percent shit, John. That's some oh, fucking. Tell me, yeah, yeah, your your life's definitely changed when you're trying to test the water in the doggy physio's pool so that your dog doesn't get a chill. <laughs> That's some empty oh. nester shit too. You you got it all oh. going on. You, you you're dealing with fucking. You, you've done well with the cash, and you're an empty nester now. You're like, I hope he's gonna be okay in the pool. <laughs> well, our dogs are like yours. Ours are you know rescue dogs who um. And we've got various other rescue animals as well. And there's a little bit where I think these are the luckiest things in the fucking, in the world, in the world. You know, the, the, the animals we've got get so pampered. It's unbelievable. That's because, you know, you, you, you're, you're trying to alleviate the, the, some sort of like working class guilt for having done well. No, I think it's partly because of that, but it's also partly because Melanie wants to put all of her love towards something because she's there's only me or <laughs> a few pigs outside, and the pigs get it. And this is one thing I will tell you, that there's relationships are wonderful and fantastic if they work, but, but like... I was doing stand-up about this before the lockdown and I'll, I'll probably do it again uh, when, when I start gigging again because it's one of the things that I've realised with, with relationships. And one of the reasons I can't start again. You know, if I, if I ended with Melanie, I'd be with no one again, ever. You know what I mean? I'd have a little bit of fun or whatever, but I would never have a relationship because I have no compromise left in me. <laughs> That's some real fucking married guy comedy right there. I I have given all of my compromise to this person. And so if I met somebody new, the first thing she said that I didn't like, I go, that that's the end can't of the Can't do it again. Not, I can't. I ain't get it. But hey, check this out. So here's 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 a here's an energy that you haven't encountered, but possibly I'd be curious of your thoughts about it. Hannah and I are both in this business, you know? So we have yeah. to compromise, like, you know, when, you know, you whose shows are more important, and you know, and and also who who gets the joke that comes up in a conversation in the gaff. Yeah, yeah, that's difficult because you, you you see these relationships, don't you? Where comedians live with each other, and I've always thought, God, I can't think of I, I, that. That would really mess me up. That that would really really mess me up. Where where you get. You get partners who are comics because, you know, the, 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 the last thing that you want to be is the funniest person in your own house. That, <laughs> that's the least you want to be. When you wake up, you've got to think, nobody likes me, but at least I'm the one because people outside tell me I'm funny. So if I come home and nobody laughs at me, it's because you know they're a bad audience. But the the real audience, are, but when you're both going out, being laughed at and loved by other people, when you come home, like how do you possibly maintain that? How 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 can you maintain the joy of entertaining strangers when you've just got each other? Well, the funny thing is that what I love about it, because all these things, I was like you. I, I actually thought that it would be the worst thing in the world to date a comic. But what I love about it is, number one, you just fucking end up gossiping about all the comics all the time, which we always do when we hang out. So it's actually quite like, you know, quite normal. But also, like, I do like when she comes at me with some some bits that she's thinking about. And I like trying to help her develop the bits. It's like a fun conversation. However, I have not evolved as a human being because when I'm thinking about jokes and she says, oh, like let, let, what she wants to help me, I literally am like, no, nah, I'm good. <laughs> like, I, I just get the fuck away no. from me. <laughs> no, 
That is, that's a mis because you're a self self obsessed misogynist. Exactly, John, and that's why we get on so well. <laughs> but it's true because Melanie sometimes I'll say something to Melanie about work, and she'll say something. I go no, no, and I, and in my head I've got that bit about going no, because I've always got that get out of jail free card. Like like you, I've stood on a stage. I understand it. So that that well, you haven't got that now. Nope. You're with somebody else who can go, so have I. Anyway, so that's it. Yeah, it's it. listen, it's it's a thing. Oh, actually, let me admit something else to you. I don't know if you know this. And I, I think this, in the madness of my, that early part of the relationship where I was really besotted, like really besotted, she disappeared into this reality show for seven weeks where you couldn't leave because it was a total lockdown bubble. So... Nobody in, nobody out. But towards the end, uh, if I got tested, I had the opportunity to go in. But to go in, I had to be on the show. And of course, I was so fucking, you know, madly in love that I went into a fucking reality TV show. And the episode is coming on this Thursday. How do you feel about that? Coming on where? On fucking coming on? Bravo. It's a, you know, it's an American reality TV show. Well, I don't, I don't know because you could say, you know, they can. When you say reality TV show, it's that like could mean it, a lot. Of oh no, okay, so it's like imagine like a uh, like a Geordie Shore, but for Manhattan professionals that are going out to the Hamptons to party. Right. So and, a twat show. Yeah, exactly. And there's uh, there's there's some twats on it, and. In my madness, and and here's the thing: I did not call my agent. Like this is the this is the madness of like being besotted. I was like, I'm not telling anybody. I'm just going in because I want to see this girl, and I did it. So you went in as as like you didn't go in as a boyfriend or caddy daddy. You just went in as another one of these people. No, 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 no. I went in as her new interest that she's been facetiming. Oh. And so, how did it go? Well, we'll see. It hasn't come out yet. <laughs> How long were you in for? Three days. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. I can't any of those things where you're being watched 24-7. Oh. I know. Well, I was in there for three days, bro. So whatever. I did it. There's nothing I can do. Hands up. I did it. I didn't tell you. I didn't tell Jason Byrne. I didn't tell anybody I, until afterwards. I mentioned it to some people, but I was just like myopic focus of like, fuck it. I'm, I'm, I'm seeing this, you know, I'm seeing and this. She, she, she obviously knew you were coming in. Yeah. Yeah. She wanted me to come in. You know, she wanted, you know, she wanted it to happen. I think at the time. So, so for the relationship, that was probably a good move. Oh, for the relationship, 100% it was a good move. But the funny thing is that, like, over here, who the fuck am I, you know? But it is kind of weird because, like, some Irish people are watching this shit going, like, how the fuck is Des Bishop walking into this thing? Like, it's fucking, <laughs> it's kind of, like, it's blowing their minds. Because some of them watch it on, like, some online thing. There's, like, some fans of Summer House in Ireland. And I'm getting these messages because I've come up in the promos and they're all going, like, my fucking head is exploding. How the fuck is Des Bishop walking into this show? It's like it's it's like when you bump into somebody on a holiday and you're like, holy shit, how the fuck are you here? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And also, it's like it's a great, it's a lovely thing to weave into your relationship. 
because most people in their relationships never get to show anyone the early stages. Whereas she's already described your lovemaking for anybody who wants to know it. And anyone who wants to see your interaction can see it in that in that weird environment on Bravo. They can watch how you get on. Whereas, you know, most people don't do that because most people are normal. I know, but what if the fucking lovemaking gets on camera? <laughs> then I guess I'm just a fucking porn star. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> There you go, Caddy Daddy, holy one. That's right. That's right, man. I want to show up on fucking Pornhub. Fucking career, career goal reached. Anyway, I just thought I would tell you that because I don't think a lot of people know. Yeah, I fucking did it. You know, whatever, whatever. Yeah, but uh, listen, if you think if you think that would surprise Irish people with you turning up on that reality show, imagine how surprised to be if you pop up on Pornhub. <laughs> I'll get an OnlyFans, man. I'll get an OnlyFans. Make some money. Jesus Christ. <laughs> get your mother. Get your mother. Doesn't your mother. <laughs> anyway, man. Well, that's it. I, you know. I, oh, yeah. Let me, before you go, let me, what, what's your, I know this is like a tough question because you're going to try to come up with something funny, but what's your ultimate advice? At the, uh, I'm embarking on the beginning of a marriage journey, I'm engaged, we're preparing a wedding, and then we will be married and living together, committed for life. What's your, 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 your killer advice for me? So when, when, are, you, when are you thinking of doing this wedding? Uh, we're going to do it next summer, summer 2022. Okay, okay. What would my advice here be? Me, me the obvious funny advice would be... Um, well done for for getting somebody young enough to push you around in that wheelchair <laughs> when you are old. <laughs> uh, well done for that. Um, but if I was to say anything about being married, because listen, me and Manly have had so many ups and downs, unbelievable amounts of ups and downs. And uh, I remember I've only ever done a couple of gigs in the States and what I, and and I I was doing the comedy store in LA, and I used to do this line. You know, at that point we'd been married for about twenty two years or something, and I used to do this line. But I used to walk on and say, "Hi, my name's John. We've been married for twenty two years, on and off." That was my line. <laughs> that was know, your line, yeah, and, yeah. And and but but I said, "Hi, my name's John. Uh, I've been married for twenty two years," and the audience went. <laughs> <laughs> You've just killed the gag. You've killed the joke because because the enthusiasm of the American audience also made me realize that that is a long amount of time to be with somebody. Yeah, and and you only get there if if you if you compromise, if you give each other space, and all of that things. You forgive each other the mistakes that will happen, but also you got to like each other and you got to laugh. Uh, and that's going to be hard in your house because each year is going to try and finish with the best line. <laughs> Every fucking dinner is like a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's the one thing. And, and also, and this is going to sound basic, but it's not meant to be. You've got to fancy each other. Mm. Like everyone says you've got to be friends and all the rest of it, but man, you've got to have some juice in the game. You've mm-hmm. got to fancy each other. You've got to, you've got to. And I, for me, that's one of my big things. I've never stopped fancying my wife. Because otherwise, you might as well just live with your mate. Can't just be about liking each yeah, other. Exactly. You know what I mean? But, but the laughing stuff. thing, the laughing thing, I agree with. Honestly, it was the laughter that, it was the laughter that made the connection straight away. Date yeah, one. It's the laughter. It's the laughter. I, I, I'll be honest with you. Like, Melanie's the best. If I, if I say something and I get Melanie creased over laughing, that beats any audience. Yeah. That's, well, you know, that's, 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 a nice, that's a nice way to finish, John. Yeah. No, I mean it. I'm, I'm, I'm being genuine. I'm not putting on, like, the fake genuine. It's nice. It's a nice sentiment. 
It's true. It's true. It doesn't happen that often. <laughs> you have to. You have to crack through the resentment to get that fucking yeah, laugh. We happen about twice a year, but you know, yeah. if the bins, if the bins are out and the animals are fed and everything, if everything fucking lines up, she might like you enough to laugh at your fucking joke. <laughs> yeah, that's the reality. All right, man. Well, listen, we we do catch up sometimes when we're not recording, so I, I don't want to make it seem course, like this, yeah, this was, so a, was a and work. Listen, and the other thing that people don't know, well, when did you meet Hannah? Last July? July 11th, yeah. July 11th. Now, the plan last year was that we were going to ride motorcycles across America. That's right. I meant to bring that up, actually, yeah. How so, fucking deluded were we? <laughs> that was our genuine plan. And and obviously the world events took over. But if we'd have done that, the chances are that you would not have been you standing on July the 11th. That's right. Something man. else would have happened. When, even when the pandemic happened and we were still planning, like we literally thought that like in September, October, we were still going to be able to yeah, go and maybe even did. film. What the fuck were we thinking? I know. But you know what we were thinking? We were thinking what everyone was thinking. This can't be as bad as we're getting told. I know. And listen, what we've got to do, as you say, the vaccines come out. There's a way out of it. We're, we're all moving forward. This will, I think they, they are, the strangest thing will be, uh, be about this is in about two years' time when we look back at it and go, wow, we never left our house for a year. That's like crazy. It's crazy. But you know, and, and I think we've just got to m- make up for it. I can't wait to be in front of an audience like you. I think everybody is desperate for joy. Everybody is desperate for laugh and positivity. Yeah, man. No, that, that that was that was really obvious from the crowd was that people were dying to be out and even just being out. And honestly, that's the other thing I forgot to tell you at the beginning. One of the things I enjoyed the most wasn't just the stand-up. It was seeing everybody and being around people. That was fun. Yeah. But I had, a, I had an amazing idea, John. I just had an amazing idea. When I have a wedding date, let's travel from L.A. to New York on motorbikes from the month before my wedding. I, then I can avoid all the fucking wedding stress, and we will show up. At, that will be my bachelor, a one-month bachelor party, L.A. to New York, and I show up for my fucking wedding on a Harley with you and Jason Byrne, and that is a fucking, that is a wedding right there. That is a fucking That's wedding. an arrival. <laughs> that, that's, I'm, sure she, I'm sure she'll have no problem with that. And that, that, that's a better pitch to ITV. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. At the end, one of us gets married. <laughs> All right, man. I'll let you go. Get back to your life. God bless. Take uh, care. Th- thanks, man. To see you. Uh, great to see you. I'll see you soon. Well, thank you, John. And thank you to you, the listener. Um, especially listeners who make the effort to promote the podcast. Not that you're better than anybody else, but we like a bit of promotion. We like a bit of word of mouth. Um, I have to tell you that it was stressful. I know that I mentioned about the sound uh, before the app, but it was a stressful app because actually that was the second go. I was having problems with my Wi-Fi, and we were supposed to record at nine a.m. and and I had to we had to cancel because my Wi-Fi literally wasn't working. But thank God, uh, we got it out. I mean, John is a big guest, and I was just like, why today? Like, why are you giving me Wi-Fi problems today? You know, it's just it was. It just was not ideal. But anyway, I'm not going to complain. It's a beautiful day here in New York. I'm going to let you guys get on with your life. Oh, my God. Uh, Life is just good right now. Comedy's back. The sun is shining. The dog is happy. And uh, my summer house uh, sort of cameo wasn't embarrassing. I mean, I was really worried that it would be embarrassing because it's out of your hands a lot, you know? Because obviously they're not going to show every second you're in there. And you just hope that they, you know, they show the good bits, you know. So I haven't seen it, but uh, I've been told that I have nothing to worry about. So that's great. You know, once I look good, that's the main thing. Um, uh, they're actually filming that reunion tomorrow. So there's a lot of stress in, in, in my house. Um, uh, 
And it's all very interesting because, you know, these, these dramas on reality TV, they all seem so intense at the time. But actually, when you break them down, they're really not that important. So I hope they all go into that reunion and they resolve their differences and they all high five at the end of it. Because at the end of the day, nobody likes being stuck in a house with the same people for six weeks. You're not going to end up showing the best sides of yourself. So why hold on to anything? It was a stressful year. It's a bloody pandemic, guys. It's not the ideal time to, to be stuck in a house for six weeks. We all struggled with that. You know, if you're going to add 24-hour surveillance cameras, people are going to feel stress. So let it go, guys. I just had a little cameo. Everybody was on their best behavior when I was in there, by the way. You know, they, they were all very nice people to me. I, I can't complain at all. And even if they complain about me afterwards, I'm not even going to take it personally because, you know, I don't. I don't have to record my reactions to those people. They have to record their reactions to me. That's what they do. And, you know, they, they're literally entitled to have their opinions. It's all very personal sometimes, that reality TV game. But in actual fact, it's only personal because you have to give your opinion. Most people do it in private. And you never know. And when you see them again, they smile. And you don't get called a fake bitch. <laughs> you don't get called fake as fuck when... In privacy of your own home, you tell somebody that you're not wild about that person, and then the next time you see them, you're nice to them? No, because that's cordial. That's normal life. Because our internal thoughts or the thoughts that we privately share with a friend are not public information. But, you know, when your reactions to other human beings are public information, and then the next time you see them, you're on camera being nice to them, people are like, oh, he's such a phony. It's like, no, he's a human. He or she is a human. You know? But that's the that's the wonder of reality TV. You know, it's a... It's a, a deep dive into the human condition, uh, a look into the internal monologues of people. Um, so I just hope at that reunion they all just resolve their differences. They're all good people. They're all putting their, they're all putting their personalities on the line. Uh, things get hot. Then the show comes out and they, they relive the trauma of their fights and they get hot again. But then in the end, you got to remember, if you resolve the fight in the show... You resolve the fight in real life. You're only hot again because you watched it. Thank God I don't have to watch the, my fights. Jesus Christ. I mean, there's one time in the Des Bishop, uh, not the Des Bishop, in the, my dad was nearly James Bond, filmed in 2010, documentary about getting my dad back on stage at the end of his life. And it's opening night in Edinburgh. And it's stressful, you know, I'm like trying to, trying to like rehearse with my dad. And uh, my, my brother's kind of fucking around. In a funny way. He's just being himself. That's his personality, which I love. But at that moment, I was stressed, and I let the stress get the better of me, and I fucking launch at him. And now, to me, I look at that as like such a reality TV moment. And I don't mind it because it's like one little glimpse, but I wouldn't want that on show all the time because, God, I can be such a dick. When, when, the, when the blood's up, you know, when, 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 when suddenly you're, you're concerned about how you're coming across, you know, especially when you know you're being filmed, God. I would hate that, especially with my brothers, because <laughs> we have a great relationship, but man, sometimes we can get hot, you know, I wouldn't want to see that heat, you know, and uh, I'm I'm not going to say anything else about, uh, about the show, because I'm not even sure what I'm allowed to say, but um, needless to say, I, uh, I'm glad I wasn't in there that long, because... There's only so long before the real you comes out. <laughs> so, and I, listen, I'm very content with who I am, but I, you know, I, 24/7 me is not good all the time. I don't want I don't want people's opinions on 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 my bad days. That's all I'm saying. So anyway, guys, I uh, we'll be back next week. We got like I've already got uh, Fabu D in the can. I have Garage Farley in the can i'm recording with emma willman tomorrow i hope i mean it's scheduled we'll see if it comes through I, I bumped into her the other night but i forgot to remind her i'll remind her now but you know we're, we're ahead of the game now which is nice you know and i had great chat with garage today garage fairly great uh, irish comic and uh so i'm gonna put that up next week um so stay tuned and if you have guys if you have any requests Especially if like, you know, sometimes I talk on my own. Sometimes I do it because I need to get an app up for the week. But sometimes I, I'm happy to put up a bonus app, you know, just talking on my own. So if anybody has any 
suggestions, things they want me to talk about on my own, I, I gladly throw up a bonus app. Uh, just don't be afraid to to chuck it out there. Um, I mean, I talk on the Patreons anyway, but I'll gladly chuck up a bonus app if there's something that you guys are really uh, have a strong want for my opinion. I will throw it up there. So just let me know. Don't be afraid to reach out. My DMs are open at Des Bishop on Instagram. Uh, that's basically the main place to get me these days. I don't go on Twitter. It's too stressful. You know, uh, and then Facebook, I'm on sometimes, but it's, it's not the best place. I find Facebook has just gotten very messy. It's kind of all over the place. And the algorithm of Facebook is really messy. All I get is updates from Long Island vaccination appointment uh, Facebook page. So uh, that's it. I'm blabbering on. But I, I'm, I, you know, the truth is that the Masters is on the TV with no sound. Shane Lowry has just just put a putt, just missed to the left. Shane Lowry's been had a very unlucky run these last few holes. But we're very patriotically loving Shane Lowry here at the Masters, and he's had a decent day. But the Masters is on, but no sound. And there's something just very peaceful sitting here just watching these images run in front of my face and talking to you guys. I, I, I'm sorry, but I feel like I could do this for another hour, but I'm not going to. I'm going to spare you that. So, don't forget to tell John Bishop that you absolutely love the episode. And then, then we'll get him back on. Feed his ego. Uh, and if you're in New York by any chance and you're looking to go see a show, I'm on uh, Saturday, uh, Friday, Saturday, and then Tuesday, Wednesday. Uh, and I'm back doing shows. And the material, actually, a little update since I talked to John. Really, the shows have been great. And I really worked out some good, solid material about vaccination, particularly. It's just been good fun. So can't wait to bring that shit back to Ireland whenever Ireland gets his act together. And okay, until next week. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.